everybody, this is Brian. And this is Josh. Welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an industry-innovating, non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation. We are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century. We combine and mix essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. Follow us on your favorite podcast app to receive notifications of new content. If you like what you hear and you want to dive deeper, visit us at curiositycontinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in and let's start the conversation. All right, Brian. So was this kind of like the continuation of last episode, or are we just going to end something totally new? Um, I want to <laughs> continue it a little bit, and we'll see where the the uh, natural organic flow of this goes, right? Okay. Recently, uh, there was a young man who I didn't know, but his mother posted. This is the age I'm at, folks, where I see people's moms posting things, because I'm the age of the mom. <laughs> right. She said that her recently graduated college... Uh, child, son, was looking for an opportunity to start his professional career. She said it was incredibly hard to find something that suited because everybody required previous experience. And the question is, how do you get previous experience if nobody will allow you the opportunity to get previous experience? This was the question we've always had. Yes. (laughs) And it honestly has not really changed. And I I want to tackle this because... Uh, you know, in a related episode, we talked about how did you know that you had to do something a certain way or could you act? Did you know about something that it could be done a different way? And this question of access now is kind of like the logical step. Well, if I know about it, how do I access it? How do I get to it? How would you address the issue, Josh, of uh, needing previous experience when nobody will give you the previous experience? Yeah, or it's like the you need five years of experience and you just, you know, you're 20. And <laughs> there's no way you've done this for, you know, five or 10 years. Um, oh, I, it, it's, a, it's a hard one because I think here's what I feel now in today's world. A lot of when they say experience, they may not need experience in what you're doing, but experience in like a culture of like the business you're trying to get into or the thing you're trying to do. And that can, you could use a lot of soft skills from other things that you did uh, growing up to, to help you, to prop you up. If you just kind of know or are aware of the skills you already have. Um, Because a lot of people were in sporting events, sport teams. Uh, They maybe were in a church group they did stuff. You learn skills doing that kind of thing uh, where, you know, maybe you play D&D with a bunch of friends. You know, you learned a lot of communication skills, uh, logistical skills that if you actually thought about, that you you started learning. So it, if you kind of depends on what you're trying to get into, I think, like, obviously, if you're going to try to be like a 
pilot, you're going to have to go to a pilot school. I mean, that's just the way it works. You're not going to go to be four years of a business major and then all of a sudden go to, you know, I'm going to be a pilot. Yeah, that's not going to work. But if you want to do like business and go into something else, like, I don't know what you would say with your professional career, but Brian works in a, you know, an office. He can probably tell you. But like you could do a lot of things. You also have to just kind of believe that you've got some skill and have, and somebody's got to take a chance on you at some point, right? Because otherwise you won't get the actual business experience that they're looking for. I mean, that's the way I look at it, but it's hard to convince people to take a risk. So let's talk, I want to go back to the first thing you said, where some of the soft skills, you can actually kind of reframe the story about what they are. And sometimes people see it as a very pedestrian thing that they don't realize that other people would have said, you did that. You're so close to it, you don't recognize the value of it. And so mm-hmm. one of the things I wish uh, that somebody would have said maybe along the way is that like, boy, you're really good at that. Do you know that not everybody is good at that thing like you are? Because at that point, the reference was myself. Or right, right, and I'm my own worst critic when it comes to being good at something. I wouldn't recognize. I wouldn't have recognized sometimes my like. I just fall into it, and it's easy for me to do that. That would be a viable way for me to go. And that part of it, when you start talking about the soft skills, like sometimes you've had experiences that you didn't even know you had, that would have given you a soft requirement for those things. Right now, granted. When you start to say like direct experience doing something particular, right now you're getting into a direct experience where Josh says, somebody has to give you that chance. And I want to talk about a couple things. Um, I think I've mentioned him previously in a podcast, one of ours. My very, one of my very first leaders in my career took a risk on me. Uh, you know, for I've done a lot of work in strategic finance over the course of my career, whether it's been independent or in companies building financial models and stuff like that. I'm that guy. So uh, don't try to get that stuff past me to say, oh, let's sneak this like, you know, charlatan type of thing past Brian. It won't get past me. Just, I'll just let you know right now. <laughs> you try, it won't <laughs> work. But what I'll say is this. Um, I didn't have any Excel skills. Microsoft Excel is, is a pretty important tool if you're going to do anything with investing and finance and just understanding like how numbers work and things like that. And I only know the business side of it. There's whole other uses of Excel that are engineering and statistical modeling and stuff. And that's never been any part of it I used, right? It's a very large program. But somebody took a risk on me because I think you can learn it. His name was Jack Easdale. And I'm forever grateful for him for looking at me saying, like, I like how you think. I like how you are rolling I'm going to give you a chance. And that chance is the thing that actually provided more open opportunities for me in my career than any other thing that I've ever learned, really, in a lot of ways, because it created a foundation for something that perpetuated and was economically beneficial and made me learn things, put me in situations I never would have thought I'd find myself in. So, Josh, going back to that, why, what is taking a risk look like like why do you think people are so scared to take that risk on somebody even if they look they quote look qualified or they are qualified what would stop them i mean it's 
the business is what stops them because their business is working fine now or they perceive it to be fine. And they're looking for that one person or that one thing. They don't really, you know, but obviously people are more more than the sum of their parts kind of thing. So it is just a risk. Like, are they going to take that young guy or are they going to take an older person that they could probably do the job, but they may not innovate anything on it. And I think that the younger people would innovate, would maybe say, hey, maybe we should try it like this. And that is probably scary to a lot of people because young people have lots of crazy ideas, right? That they haven't been beaten out of them yet in the in the workforce. And I see it in my job too. But also if you listen to those people, sometimes they do have a good idea that maybe the more experienced people can pull on and actually come up with like example, a new process for something that actually works better. So I think it's a, it's really is the fear thing that stops people from taking the chance. Sometimes businesses are forced to because they may not want to, but they're forced to, or somebody sees something like, like you, Brian, like they like, like somebody liked you and said, I think you can do that. I know you can do this, but let's, Let's get you here and do it. And it was probably like a big leap for you at the time. Hugely. You know? Yeah. And so that is also somebody taking, you know, the risk and onto themselves because it's not just your risk, it's their risk too. Because it puts a lot of stress on the other person because they're like telling other people, hey, we're going to hire this person. Mm-hmm. And I believe they could do it. I know they can do it. They just got to know they can do it. And so I know that happens. It happens more rare now. And I think it's just because of the sheer cost involved with stuff. Um, But it's kind of like something we have to get back to because if we want to innovate in our, in our respective businesses and fields, we have to. So let me jump in here because uh, Josh is a super, super Star Trek fan. Of course, was life. He's imparted some of that passion to me, but uh, I am I am but a small piece <laughs> of a larger world that Josh is, uh, you know, a titan in in terms of his his appreciation for the world of Star Trek. Let me ask you this: Why did people innovate what they did? Like, what did Star Trek? What did Star Trek give to us in the world now, Josh? That didn't exist. Yeah, so I mean, uh, cell phones is one of them. Like they had the idea, you know, uh, that kind of product, like uh, something you could just talk into. Um, computer discs. Um, they're working on, you know, like biobed technology. They still have, like, are still working on that kind of stuff, where you could just sit down and it takes your vitals for you automatically. Uh, and that a lot of this stuff, like, even like you know, Brian shared stuff with. Uh, some people at NASA are working on like almost like holodeck type technology. It's actually Disney. Where like, yeah, Disney, I mean, um, virtual reality stuff. All of this stuff is possible because of not just Star Trek, but science fiction. Because somebody was inspired by it and said, I want to do that. That sounds cool. How would I do it? Or they already knew a product and they could adapt that product to work in a certain way. So 
the creative people that come up with these ideas, they just spin these ideas out. They don't know it can possibly be working on it. Uh, and in fact, like they even work on like a matter antimatter engine, and they figured out how it works, but they just can't produce enough antimatter for it to work. So when you're starting to think of like they're think- thinking of technology that's maybe hundreds of years out thousands of years out in some sci-fi shows, right? But these people are taking this stuff and like, well, that's a cool idea. So <laughs> and why, it is a cool idea. So, But why is that creative, outlandish, not real thing important? It's the creative part. I think it, 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 it's what, you know, when everybody said STEM, 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 right? They wrung the arts out of everything. And then people became less create, like less creative, less driven. The students weren't; they you could see it in like the generation of students that came right after that. They were less risk averse for one. They were also like d- missing some when they like couldn't do their music, or they couldn't go paint. Um, they were they wrung all that out. And now they're starting to realize they need to bring that back because human beings need that creative outlet. It doesn't even have to be large, but like, you know, you need time to like, we solve problems differently at different times when we're thinking, we can't think at all at once. So when you're doing the creative part, I mean, I don't know how many times I've been mowing my lawn and I'm not even thinking about something and something, a a solution to problem comes in from another thing in my life. So that's why I feel it's important for all that to be integrated you're you need something of everything you can't just do one thing i want to let people consider this for a minute in terms of what it means to be inspired because if you're inspired and you're and you feel compelled to do something i don't know if anybody i've ever met as good as they are at different things like i'm just so compelled to do a process. <laughs> now it might be me. Yeah. <laughs> and God bless the people that love that. But when I say that, like I, what I love doing is helping understand what something is and how to change it. Right. Right. But I definitely don't like being the chief button pusher. And some people are very happy. Like my dad, God love him. God rest his soul. He didn't ever want to like really like stretch out. Right. He had a lot of talent, a lot of it and a lot of things in his younger years that wasn't nurtured. And I saw him pass up promotions. I saw him pass up things because he didn't want to be any different in his work life than where he was. Very different than how I'm wired. Um, And I think about what that means in terms of getting people exposed to something that's going to change their life. It's going to seem outlandish. Like, well, why in the world was that necessary? You know? And if you said, like, maybe here's the exact direct path that this had... It's only after you see the innovators do it that they are in this place like, oh, yeah, like that was actually the thing. And people who well, it's remarkable you saw that. Like you must be an innovator. It's like everybody <laughs> else thought they were, they were on something, like something illegal right. and strong to think the way they did. But it's those outlandish dreams that actually when you start to distill that down from the wild blue into something that's usable, the world starts to change because – it has changed the way people approach things. And they're, then they're willing to access and take chances to say, well, what if I tried it this way? 
Right. Let's leave it there, Josh. What do you think? Yeah, let's leave it there. Folks, until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. Thank mm-hmm. you.